Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and thank you so much for joining us for episode number 166. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying if you're listening to this podcast on audio-only platforms. And if you listen to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We have not a lot of topics to talk about, or at least not a lot of topics that I want to talk about, in all honesty. I want to talk about the Celtics. Obviously, there's a huge resurfacing of Ime Udoka and him becoming the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, which is kind of an interesting topic. And obviously, I want to talk about the Patriots. I didn't do too much talking about the Patriots last week. However, I want to talk about the Patriots today. And we'll kind of see where it goes, honestly. There's nothing that's pressing. The Bruins had a nice come-from-behind victory against the Penguins the other day. Then the Bruins had a nice showing against the uh, was it the Islanders. No, Rangers last night. Against the Rangers last night, winning 5-2. to two. David Pasternak had a sexy, sexy goal. I don't know how it went in. Couldn't tell you how that went in. But neither here nor there. It is very exciting to be sitting here and talking to you guys for this amazing episode that we have lined up today. But first, before I get into anything, guys, um, don't don't you hate it? This has nothing sports related to do with nothing related to do with anything sports. But don't you hate it when you're driving somewhere and then you're like ninety percent of the way. Let's say home. Let's say you're driving home from work. And you're like 90, 95% of the way. And you then realize, crap, I was supposed to go to the store, like some store, pick up like groceries or go to like the pharmacy or something. You're like, oh, crap. Like last night, I was driving home from the shop and I was getting off the exit. Again, 90, 95% of the way home. And I then realized, I was like, oh, crap, I was supposed to go to Michael's, the, the craft store, to pick up some some shirts for Mrs. Murph to customize. And I'm like, oh, damn it. All right, fine. I'll do it tomorrow. All right, so tomorrow rolls around, being today. And I'm not, I'm probably good like 30, 30%, so like a third of the way to the shop, driving from my house. And I realized, I'm like, crap, I was supposed to go to the store again before I recorded. So the dilemma that I'm in here this morning is I was supposed to go to Michael's before I sat down and recorded today's episode. However, 
we're at the point where fix my microphone at the point where I'm going to be recording the episode and once the episode's recorded I'm then going to go to I'm gonna shoot up 295 go to Michael's and come back down hopefully that won't take me an hour it really should not take me an hour but hey who knows but oh my god so infuriating um, I'm trying to get the shirts and the materials purchased for Mrs. Murph so she can customize them because I have the Johnson High School Vendor Village tomorrow, which is like a, oh, how can I describe it? It's not, a, it's not a card show, but picture the layout of a card show where it's just, I guess, like people who make stuff or people who have businesses can set up and kind of showcase their stuff for people in the community to come on by and kind of get Christmas gift ideas. So like, for example, I know there's obviously me with the card shop and then there's also someone selling small handmade wooden, uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but like, I think they're like wooden signs, I believe. So like, obviously, you know, let's just say, you know, you have someone whose name is Jason. I just thought of it because I'm looking at a picture of Jason Tatum. Then you could have him customize one that says Jason. And it, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited for it. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of local small businesses, which I'm really excited for, obviously being one myself. When I go to card shows, honestly, I'm like one of, if not the only card shop at a card show, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, I like it because I'm like the only one that can say, hey, I'm an actual card shop. And then there's other shows where there's like a, a couple, a handful so, it, neither here nor there. I just wanted to get that off my chest. And if you hear that noise, it's obviously the chair, guys. My chair sucks. But I just had to get that off my chest. It's like, oh, last night, forgot. This morning, forgot. So, whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's get into the Celtics because we have a juicy conversation to have about Ime Udoka. Obviously, we all know, was it five, six weeks ago maybe? I don't know, before the start of the season. Ime Udoka was suspended the full season by the Celtics for his uh, little relationship that he had with a uh, a organization employee, let's just call it. Now, this is an article that came out literally last night, right? Yep, today's the 4th. This came out on the 3rd. It's by Adam Himmel... Oh, this is going to be tough. Himmelsbach. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Himmelsbach from the Boston Globe, titled... Some thoughts on Ime Udoka, the compensation issue, and other Celtics matters. I just want to focus on the Ime Udoka part. A few thoughts on the Ime Udoka situation and an interesting start to the Celtics season. Udoka's imminent hiring by the Nets is surprising. It seemed unlikely that the situation would be career-ending for Udoka, but it also seemed unlikely that he'd be back this quickly. Uh, let's not forget, you know, for those that may not know, the Brooklyn Nets did fire Steve Nash, their now former head coach. So there is a current head coaching vacancy in Brooklyn. Obviously, they have like the assistant being the interim right now, but there is a, a vacancy for their full-time head coach position. And Ime Udoka, his name is in the news about potentially filling that void. Carrying on with the article, the best guess here was that he'd serve his full suspension he and the Celtics would agree on a settlement, and he'd be hired as a top assistant somewhere else next season. 
Then, after a year of staying out of the spotlight, he'd get another chance at a top job. Instead, it appears that he'll be back less than one month into the season. His introductory press conference should be fascinating, especially since Udoka showed last year that he's not afraid to say exactly how he feels. Uh, the Celtics faced Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn on December 4th. The Celtics fan base is frustrated that the team is unlikely to seek compensation from the Nets in return for letting Udoka join them. When the Celtics released Doc Rivers from the final three years of his contract so he could join the Clippers in 2013, they ultimately received a 2015 first-round pick in return, and that month-long negotiation turned messy at times. But this situation is more complicated. There are legal matters involved, and I've gotten the sense that the Celtics do not want to punish Udoka twice. If they suspend him and then also made it more difficult for him to obtain a new job by re requiring an asset in return, it could have been viewed as further punishment. Also, Udoka was unlikely to remain in Boston when his suspension ended, and the Celtics could have ended up having to pay a substantial amount of his salary when the sides parted ways. This route at least clears that up. The Celtics haven't commented on the situation, but it's clearly complicated. Now, I just want to take a quick pause in the action here and just, wow, interesting, right? Very, very interesting. It's, it's intriguing because Brooklyn Nets, local rival, obviously New York, Celtics, Boston, Massachusetts, you know, we all get it, right? But to kind of go, I don't want to say off the premise of the whole Doc Rivers situation, damn, almost 10 years ago now. It's definitely an interesting correlation, though, because when you trade a coach, you are allowed to get compensation for him. Celtics did that from the Clippers. But the Celtics are just willing to just let Ime Udoka go, I guess, to not give him a second punishment. I mean, I kind of see where that whole second punishment is because you can, you know, it could take longer. It could take longer to kind of agree on something. Whatever. Whereas if they just let the Nets take him, I guess there's no financial um, repercussions for the Celtics. You know, no dollar sign that the Celtics will still have to pay Udoka rather than parting ways, coming into a, a agreement where they just, you know, part ways. Obviously, if they were to just fire him, you'd still have to pay that salary. Interesting approach by the Celtics, and obviously a very, I guess, a financial, financially smart approach, one could say. But a very interesting approach because, again, the Boston Celtics suspended Ime Odoka, not the National Basketball Association. So, according to the 29 other teams in the NBA... Udoka is just another guy. Obviously, you know, you want to do your due diligence, do your research, and kind of find out what really happened, you know, in Boston. And I guess the Nets are okay with whatever their findings are, and they want to kind of pursue potentially bringing him in as their next coach. Uh, let's see. Let's carry on with the article. Udoka's departure also will remove another distraction for the Celtics that was sure to surface during an inevitable rough patch of the season. This way, there will be no questions about when or if Udoka could return to replace Joe Mazzulla. There will be no shadow. So yes, this is a definitely a good way to kind of, you know, not have to get to that point, right? Because teams, regardless if they're good or bad, they'll go through good stretches and they'll go through bad stretches, right? You know, you hear a little bit about the good stretches. Oh, they're, you know, eight of the last 10, you know, they're winning 12 of the last 15 games. Good stretch. 
But when it comes from a good team having a bad stretch, which is inevitable for the Celtics, it's inevitable for a lot of teams, there will be that conversation. Oh, well, Udoka, you could bring him back and he could claw you out of, you know, sixth place and, and get you right back to the top of the East. But now with with Udoka gone and it's going to be Joe Mazzula, then I guess there's none of that to worry about. But I still believe there will be lingering questions, though, from some people, whether they're just fans or people in the media. Well, what if Udoka was here? What if the Celtics never let Udoka go? There's always going to be those questions from those people. And those are deservingly so questions. Those are the questions that still should be asked because as far as I'm as far as I know, Joe Mazzula is still the quote unquote interim head coach. I would assume that he'll have that interim tag all season and they'll figure it out next season. Obviously, come you know the end of the season, if they still had Udoka, his suspension would have been over. But now with Udoka possibly out the door, it kind of feels like they're kicking him out the door, no? You know, you suspend him the full season. You just want to get rid of him for no compensation. It just feels like a slap in the face and a kick on the ass. I I, I don't know. That's just kind of how I'm taking it. Hey, I could be reading some, some different signs from, you know, this article, from other articles, from what we're hearing in the news. It just seems like a kick in the ass. All right. The Celtics front office remains quite high on Missoula, and he'll get every opportunity to secure a long-term contract. It's tough to look very far ahead during such an unsettled time, but it's interesting to see whether Udoga's departure eventually has substantial ripple effect on Boston's coaching staff. Remember, he filled his staff almost exclusively with friends from the Portland area with whom he shared deep bonds, such as Damon Stoudemire, Aaron Miles, and Ben Sullivan. And if Missoula signs a long-term deal, he'll probably want to have some say in building his own staff. But don't expect any changes this season. Speaking of Missoula, his approach to using... Oh, that's, that's going to a different game. That, that's going into the game from... I don't care. So it's just a can of worms that is obviously, you know, coming out. A can of worms I didn't expect to come out so soon into the season, right? We just started the NBA season... Celtics have played, they played seven games, guys. The season started a couple weeks ago, they played seven games. I expected something like this to kind of come out January, February. You know, let's see, it's seven games, so it's really hard to tell where, you know, teams are sitting because the Magic are six games out, the Pistons are six games out. So, I mean, it's not the true end of the world. But, like, Come January, February, if the Celtics are struggling, you know, middling around that 6-7 area, well, Udoka could come back and he could help us get the ship right. You know, just weird complexes like that. Obviously, if he is gone, that's just not going to happen. So it's a very interesting story that I did not expect so soon, seven games into the season. But neither, neither here nor there, the Celtics will play the Chicago Bulls at the TD Garden tonight in a Eastern Conference matchup. The Bulls, speaking of standings real quick, they are, oh, they're right below you. They are 5-4 and four and you're 4-3. and three. So interesting little matchup there. But again, another interesting conversation. Let me know your guys' thoughts and opinions about the Ime Udoka situation. Are the Celtics in the right here? Are they in the wrong? Should they just let him go? Should they try to get compensation? What are your thoughts on Joe Mazzula early in the season as the Celtics sit 4-3? and three? 
two overtime losses to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are 6-1. and one. A lot of people are high on the Cavaliers this year in the basketball world and also in the sports card world as well. So two losses in overtime to what appears to be a damn good team. I guess you got to have to take your losses as they come. But let me know your thoughts about this. Obviously, this could have ripple effect for the rest of the season. Or if Imei Odoka goes to the Brooklyn Nets, that could be it. And obviously, it will only come up when he comes into Boston for, you know, Nets-Celtics matchups. Anyways, let's talk about the Patriots and the Colts matchup on Sunday, November 6th. Kickoff at 1 p.m. in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. What can we expect? What can we honestly expect? Listen, the Colts are in their own situation with, you know, Sam Ellinger being the quarterback, you know, benching Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor's injured. But the Patriots, they're in a weird spot. A very, very weird spot. And I got to pull up their schedule real quick because I need to go like side by side with the schedule and obviously, you know, having some notes against the Colts. Note. Oh, that almost rhymed. Notes against the Colts. And not really. The Patriots are approaching must-win territory. Can we not disagree? Can we agree on that? Because we're entering the midway point. They go into their bye week after this game against the Colts. They're currently 4-4 four and four through eight games. They'll either be 5-4 and four or 4-5 four and five through nine games. Hopefully. I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they'll tie. Who knows? <laughs> but then they have home against the Jets, who they did beat in New York, but... I think one Zach Wilson mistake kind of ruined the Jets' chances of winning. Anyways, they go to Minnesota to play on Thanksgiving. Then you have the Bills at home. You go to Arizona. You're going to Las Vegas. You have the Bengals at home, Dolphins at home, and you're on the road at the Bills to wrap up the season. And again, I've been very pessimistic about the Patriots this season and their potential outlook. I've said 6-11. and 11. I've said 6-11. and 11. And hey, that's still on the table. They lose today. Oh, today. Wow. <laughs> they lose on Sunday. Uh, let's see. What are the only two games I could see them winning? I could see them winning against the Raiders. And, uh, I don't know, Cardinals maybe on my birthday. That'd be nice. Nice little birthday gift right there. But anyways, it's a must-win game for the Patriots because you have every team that's coming up is a tough opponent in one way or the other. Obviously, you're not looking overlooking the Colts. They have some good receivers, one of the best O-lines in the game, a gunslinging, not a rookie, but, you know, young quarterback. Jonathan Taylor doesn't seem like he's going to be playing, but if he was, he would be one of the best running backs in the league. Good defense, good names on the defense. Obviously, Stephon Gilmer coming back to Foxborough for the first time as a visitor. So a bunch of different things happening. But then you have the Jets, who are still better record than you. Probably want a little bit of revenge for beating, for you beating them. You have the Vikings, one of the most slept-on teams in the NFL. Bills, just a straight juggernaut. You're going to lose. Not even going to talk about it. Cardinals, interesting game on the road in Arizona. Could be tricky, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Obviously, once we get closer to that game. Raiders seem like an absolute dumpster fire. But will you be able to keep up if they're able with their offense, if they're able to right that ship? Who knows? Where are you going to be at that time? Bengals, I th- when Jamar Chase comes back, I think they'll be able to turn it on and it's going to be lights out. You won't be able to keep up. Dolphins, immensely improved. Brought in Jeff Wilson. 
brought in, what was it, Bradley Chubb? No. Yeah, Bradley Chubb. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. And then, obviously, the Bills to wrap up the season. Like, you could have three straight losses to wrap up the season. Even if you win against the Colts. Even if you win against the Jets. Let's say you win against the Vikings in a miracle game on Thanksgiving. You beat the Cardinals. You beat the Raiders. That puts you at, what was it, 9 and... Loss. I haven't. Uh, that'd be put you at nine and five. You're gonna lose the next three games, I think. In nine and sitting at nine and five, going into the final three weeks of the regular season, should have you pegged in as a wild card team, or at least somewhere in that mix. But again, if you lose the last three games of the regular season, which it honestly looks like it could happen, then forget about it. nine and eight. Does nine and eight get you in? I mean. Ugh. I don't know. Let's AFC wild card playoff picture. There we go. That's what I wanted. Uh, loading, loading, loading. Like, okay, yeah, the Patriots right now are the eighth seed if the season was end today. But again, you still have the Bengals behind you at four and four. The Colts are behind you at three, four, and one. Then you get the Browns at three and five, who are getting Watson back soon. And like I said, I've said that if Watson was playing the whole season, I think the Browns would be a playoff team. Broncos three and five. I forget about that. And then you just got a couple, you know, a bunch of other middling teams. Raiders, who I thought would be in the playoffs. Jags, no. Steelers, outside shot. And then obviously not the Texans. So nine and five, you could still be on that outside looking in because the teams ahead of you, the Chargers four and three. I don't expect them to slow down. The Dolphins at five and three. Don't really expect them to slow down, especially with their new pickups and just how well that offense has been playing. The Jets at 5-3, and three, yeah, you might have them there, but they're playing the Bills this week. So that could be a loss. That could be 5-4. and four. And if you win, you could be 5-4. and four. And yes, you have the tiebreaker, but hey, you get to play the Jets in two weeks. So huge, huge implications there. So the importance of this game, with all things considered, is drastically higher than one may have thought it was. Because people expected you to take care of the Lions, and the Browns, and the Bears, and the Jets. And to a degree, you have. At least according to the win-loss record, you have. But you didn't take care of business against the Bears. And people, you know, I was high on the Colts at the beginning of the season. I liked their defense. I liked the addition of Matt Ryan. But obviously, that's kind of backfired. But it's still a sneaky game. Don't sleep. Because the Colts are still fighting for a, a playoff spot themselves. They're still fighting for playoffs, but they're only right behind you. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Can I get standings on here? Here we go. Standings. They're only, what are they, uh, two games? Right? Hold on. Two, uh, one and a half games, I guess, because of that tie. I don't know. They're two in the loss column. Oh, because they haven't had their bye week yet. So they're, they're, two and a, they're two games out of the AFC South. So they're right there in it. They are. So the Colts have something to fight for, too. And you could arguably say that they should have won last week if it wasn't for Michael Pittman's drops and just, you know, Jonathan Taylor fumbles. You could say they should have won last week. So it's going to be a more difficult matchup than one may thought. People thought that the Patriots were going to steamroll the Bears. Well, how'd that look? People thought that they were going to steamroll the Jets at the beginning of the season when you're looking at the schedule. It's like, all right, cool, we're playing the Lions. That's a win. Browns win. Bears win. Jets win. Colts win. Jets win. Vikings win. 
That's not the case. That is not the, not the case. This season has been beyond interesting. And I really think like a team like the Vikings need to start being taken seriously because when you play them, that game could also be a must-win game. Because let's say you do beat the Colts. Let's say you do beat the Jets. Like You can't afford to be a sub-500 team because no team under 500 is getting into the playoffs, not in the AFC. It's just not happening. Again, you have a team like the Bengals who were in the Super Bowl last year behind you. You have a team like the Colts who have you know deep playoff aspirations behind you. You have the Browns and the Broncos, 3-5, and five, behind you. Very, very interesting that how really important these next few games are, and I'm not trying to look ahead here, but I'm just trying to give you some details and context to the situation, is that the Patriots need to win this game. They have to. And if they don't, again, you're going to go 4-5. and five, You're going to lose you know, seating in the conference. It's it's just I don't know. It's very weird. It's very weird situation that the Patriots have found themselves in. Obviously, let's see, losing against the Dolphins week one sucked. Losing against the Ravens week three sucked. The Packers, granted, you were on your third quarterback, rookie quarterback, kind of thrown in there. Danced with Aaron Rodgers for a little bit. That's a game that you could have, could have had. But you lost. It's and then the Bears game. That's just a tough one. Like we could sit here and argue that the Patriots could be what one and six. Now I'll say two and five. I I could sit here and argue that the Patriots would be two and five right now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, two and six. Yeah. Uh, one, two. Yeah, two and six. I could argue right now the Patriots are two and six. Obviously, they're four losses. You beat the Steelers by a field goal when they had Mitch Trubisky. It just it wasn't the prettiest of games. Then you beat the Pad Lions. I'll give you the Lions win. As much as I don't feel all jolly about it, I'll give it to you. The Browns win, good win. The Bears lost, obviously. And then again, Zach Wilson threw a bad interception late in that game. Obviously, I'm not going to say, oh, the Jets would have won if he didn't throw that interception. But it just, you know, for some context, let's say he doesn't go down, make a drive, and then we'll see how the game results out of that way. Patriots could be 2-6 and six right now. People don't realize that this team is really not that good. How are they winning games? They're being coached up by Bill Belichick. They're making plays at the right time. But like, I feel like they're not putting together a good, full, complete game. Like the Lions game, 29 to nothing. Murph, how is that not a good, complete game? Offense scored points. Defense didn't allow any points. Hell, the defense got a touchdown. Murph, why isn't that a complete game? Offense scored one touchdown. Nick Folk hit five field goals. I like the win. It's a good win in Zappi's first career start, but I'm going to give the offense zero credit there. Like, was it good enough to move the ball to get you in field goal range? Yeah, sure. But when you're going against the worst defense in the league, you need to put up four or five touchdowns. Okay, I guess in a rookie's first start, three touchdowns. How about that? So I'm just not all too impressed about it. You guys know how I feel about that game. And the Browns game, good win. I'll give you that one. Second career start for Zappi. Got his feet under him. Put up a lot of points. Gave up, uh, Put up a lot of touchdowns. Defense gave up no points. 15, whatever. So I'll give, you, I'll give you the Browns win. That is probably the most complete game that you've played was that Cleveland Browns game. 
But you always play the Browns good. Belichick hates the Cleveland Browns. He respects them for their history when they were the old Cleveland Browns before they were the Colts, right? No, before they were the the Ravens. Oh, goodness. How does this work? Because there was the Cleveland Browns, and then they moved to the – they became the Baltimore Ravens when the Baltimore Colts moved to Indianapolis. And then an expansion team became the Cleveland Browns and picked up the history because the Baltimore Ravens started fresh with no history. Very weird, very odd, but I'm just trying to do that math, yes. So, what are my three things that I'm looking for in this Patriots-Colts matchup? What am I looking for? So, I was able to see a good amount of good, decent play calling, good throws, and good execution by Mac Jones. So, I'm going to leave Mac Jones off of this list this time. I feel like him or Zappi was always on my... One of my three things to look for in this game list, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the quarterback position off. So what I'm gonna put on here is I'm gonna put on the wide receivers. I want to put some pressure on the wide receivers. I want the wide receivers to be able to step up, whether it's Jacoby Myers, whether it's Devontae Parker. Ty, wasn't there an injury? Um, wasn't one? Of, I know Devontae Parker was was injured, but is he? out for a bit uh, I could I thought I thought one of them was injured I'm just trying to find this on the fly here don't massive hit um, hmm I don't think so oh Devonte Parker avoided major injury uh, against the Jets so I'm guessing he's not gonna be playing knee injury miss minimal time okay cool so Miss time, it'll likely only be one game. Okay, so they're not going to have Devontae Parker this week, which was kind of good to find on the fly like that. So I'm looking for the receivers to step up. Jacoby Myers, who's been playing well, so is he kind of lumped into this mix? I don't know. There's no I in team. I want to see Kendrick Bourne a lot more. I haven't seen anything of him. They've really kind of put him on the back, back stove. I don't know why. Tyquan Thorne, obviously, I want to see that second rounder. You know, per, start to perform and start to play well and ball out a little bit. And then, obviously, uh, I'm so sick and tired of Nelson Aguilar, but I guess you can throw him in this mix. Sure, go ahead. But I want to see what the wide receivers can do. If you want to lump in the tight ends, go ahead. Receiving group as as a whole. Could we see a big game from Jonu Smith? Oh, we saw a little bit of him. Could we see a big game from Hunter Henry? We saw a little bit of him. But I'm really intrigued to see what the offensive receiving group, wide receivers and tight ends alike, are able to do without a Devontae Parker, Mac Jones having a second full week of bill of health on, you know, not being on the injury report. Not a, a rivalry game, but I guess an old school rivalry game. I remember the Colts used to be in the AFC East. People still hate the Colts. Colts. Some Colts fans still hate the Patriots. But again, I just want to see what the receiving group without Devontae Parker could do because I don't think Devontae Parker is here long term. I really don't. But a guy like Jacoby Myers may not be as well. Kendrick Bourne was obviously being shopped. I think Nelson Aguilar is going to get cut at the end of the season. So what are we really going to be looking like at a receiving group next year? I don't know. Let's worry about now and get Tyquan Thornton up and running. So that's the first thing I'm looking forward to. Second thing I'm looking forward to is it's going to be Sam Ellinger's second career start. But are you going to be able to rattle and 
shake the rookie quarterback. Well, I guess he's not a rookie quarterback. He's a second-year guy. He sat out his rookie year. But his second career start, are you going to be able to rattle him? Are you going to be able to get into his head? Give him different you know, looks on defense that he hasn't seen in film study. Different looks that he hasn't seen on the field before. And really get under his skin. Young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks um, in their first handful of starts, can oftentimes struggle reading defenses, reading blitz coverages or disguises. You know, it could look like it's cover two, but it's end up being cover three. It could look like it's cover one and then end up being cover two or three. Like there's just so many different defensive coverages and defensive disguises that could really throw off a young quarterback. And I do believe Bill Belichick in the defense will try to optimize that and get into his head. If Matt Ryan was the quarterback, it would be a little bit less more difficult because Matt Ryan's been around the block for uh, you know, 15 years, whatever it may be. So he's seen a lot of defenses. He can kind of pick apart and see, oh, I've seen this. You know, Oh, yeah, you're coming down. You think it's going to be cover one, but I know it's going to be cover two. I see you already creeping back. You know, just you know, little ins and outs of the game like that. And I really do believe Sam Ellinger hasn't honed in on that yet. Good up-and-coming quarterback. But again, I just think the complexity of what Bill Belichick can give you on the defensive side of things may impact this game for the Colts, the Colts offense, and obviously Sam Ellinger. So I want to see the defense really try to get in the head and really try to get in the mind and mess with the mind of Sam Ellinger. Now, obviously, on the flip side of things, how will Sam Ellinger react to that? Will he crumble? Will he perform well? We'll have to wait and see in, on Sunday and see how it goes. So that's number two is the defense and how they attack Sam Ellinger and make him mess up. And number three, I'm going against Damian Harris in fantasy, so I'm kind of hoping he doesn't play, although you know I wish he was. But if he doesn't play, if he does not play, what is the running back room going to look like? Obviously, you have Ramondre Stevenson. Are we going to get you know 10 carries of Kevin Harris? Are we going to get 10 carries of Pierre Strong? We really haven't had a third down back since James White retired. So are we going to see Ramondre Stevenson just be on the field for 95% of the snaps? Are we going to see Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong kind of take a step towards being that second running back? It's going to be a very interesting dynamic that I'm kind of looking forward to, to be honest. You know, a lot of people saying Damian Harris won't be here next year or he won't be here long term. It's Ramondre Stevenson. Well, okay, a couple years ago we were saying the same thing about Damien Harris, like, oh, this is the guy. This is the running back. You know, he's the future. Now when his time is coming up and we have a guy behind him that's younger and seemingly better, we kind of want to kick out Harris out the door. So a couple years, are people going to want to kick out Ramondre Stevenson? Well, if you're saying no, then you guys are inconsistent. If you're saying yes, then, I mean, I guess you guys have no, like, attachment to any of, you know, these running backs, although they're so indispensable, but still, besides the point. So that's the third thing I'm looking forward to is obviously what the running back room will look like if Damian Harris does not go, which, again, I'm facing him in fantasy, so I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't go. But those are the three things that I'm looking forward to in this game. One, the receiving group, wide receivers and tight ends. What can they do? How can they attack the Colts' defense? Number two, how can Bill Belichick and his defense attack Sam Ellinger in his second career start? Will he be able to confuse him, make him mess up, show him different disguises and such to really get under his skin. And then obviously number three that I just talked about was what is the running back room going to look like if Damian Harris doesn't go? 
Is it just going to be a whole Ramondre Stevenson day? Will it be Kevin Harris getting some carries and touches? Will it be Pierre Strong getting some carries and touches? I'm looking forward to it. That is for damn sure. But let me know your guys' thoughts and opinions about this Colts and Patriots matchup. Leave them down in the comments below if you're listening to this on YouTube. Or reach out to me via social media at Murph's Cartown on Facebook, Instagram, and of course on Twitter. But that that was a good episode. It was a small, short, concise episode jam-packed, filled with information that I do believe is going to serve you great for this weekend and obviously just touching upon the Celtics, touching upon the Patriots and Colts game because I don't believe I I did not talk about the Patriots last week against the Jets. I don't believe. Very interesting. Yeah, because I was talking about too much other stuff. But nonetheless, nonetheless, thank you guys so much for clicking on this video. If you listen to this on YouTube, please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing. If you're listening to this episode on audio-only platforms like Spotify, like Apple, like Google uh, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music, or anywhere you can listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk, and I thank you guys so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. That is going to do it for this episode. Guys, this weekend is going to be fantastic. Upper 60s, low 70s. It's going to feel like spring, and I love it, and I'm here for it. So get outside, enjoy the nice weather, and I'll catch you guys next week for episode number 167. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.